Welcome to the Billingshurst Family Church Podcast. For more information or to support our work in Billingshurst and the surrounding areas, please visit billingshurstfamily.church. Well, good morning. Today we're looking at the subject of wisdom. Wisdom. I don't know about you, but I crave it. I love it when I'm with someone who's wise and I'm able to ask them questions about particular issues that I'm dealing with or I'm facing, where I'm in some kind of crisis and I get instruction that I need to improve my circumstance, whether that be a kind of medical emergency or something's gone wrong with the house or something's gone wrong with the car. I love it when I've got somebody I can phone who knows more than I know and is able to help me. I wonder where you go when you need wisdom. Now today we're going to be reading from the book of James, James chapter 3 and verses 13 to 18. Now you may know this already, but let me remind you if you're new to this book of the Bible, let me remind you who's writing these words. James was one of the key leaders in the early church, the leader of the church in Jerusalem most probably, which was the first church, a huge church by all accounts, and a church from which, well, we have all Uh, derived. And James was a great teacher and a great spokesperson. You could very quickly see why he would be a good person to write about wisdom. But let me tell you this, it's not on that basis that I'm most fascinated by what he has to say. The reason why I love to listen to James is because he also happened to be the brother of Jesus. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine growing up with Jesus as your brother, a perfect brother, perfect yet not arrogant, so wise and not proud, courageous but not foolhardy. I mean, imagine having Jesus as your brother. And what an opportunity we have today to listen to the words of this guy that grew up beside Jesus, who watched him, who learned from him. And obviously for James, much of his life, he didn't realise who Jesus really was. In fact, it wasn't until he saw his brother crucified and then resurrected before him in person, calling him to follow him, calling him to be a leader in his church, that everything was changed for James. And on the basis of seeing Jesus dead and resurrected, all that he witnessed in the life of Jesus up until that point, he would have seen again through those lenses, the lenses of this one who's conquered death, the lenses from this one who's ascended into heaven, who saw go into heaven and into glory. That is the perspective that James has. And that's why his words are good words for us to listen to today because let's face it we need wisdom we need wisdom when we're in a crisis we need wisdom when we are feeling anxious we need wisdom when we're worried and at this moment where our whole world is in a state of crisis and our whole world is craving wisdom and craving answers and asking questions isn't it good that you and I can listen to the very words of God today. 
So let's read these together. So James chapter 3, verses 13 to 18. Who among you is wise and understanding? By his good conduct, he should show that his works are done in the gentleness that comes from wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom from above is pure first, then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without pretense, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. I love that James begins this passage on wisdom with this question, who among you is wise and understanding? Now, if I was to be reading that out in the context of our gathered church community, if there was a congregation before me, in every congregation, you've got one or two jokers. Uh, you've always got that person who sticks their hand up and goes, me, <laughs> who among you is wise? I am. And everyone kind of gives them a little laugh just to you know, keep them happy. Uh, but we're all deep down thinking, no, you're the, probably the biggest fool in this whole place. But anyway, I'll reserve judgment. Who among you is wise? Now, the wise person hears that question and they quietly <laughs> reflect on it. Who among you is wise? Obviously, the wise person just listens at this point. And then he goes on to say this, by his good conduct, by how he behaves, by what is said, by what is how the money is spent, how the time is spent. By the good conduct, he should show that his works, the good conduct, are done in the gentleness that comes from wisdom. So it's really fascinating. He says, who among you is wise? Well, if you're wise, then your good works will be gentle, thus showing that they come from wisdom. It's just a very fascinating perspective, not one that I would have anticipated being given to hone in on gentleness when we're thinking about wisdom. And then he goes on to show us what it doesn't look like. He says this, but if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is disorder and every evil practice. So he's saying this is what wisdom isn't. Wisdom isn't anything that derives from envy and derives from selfish ambition. What is envy? Well, envy is wanting to have what someone else has. Envy is feeling a sense of deserving what someone else has, which you don't have. I envy their life. I envy their house. I, I envy whatever that particular person has that you don't. And then selfish ambition. You know, it's like envy. 
Selfish ambition is obviously driving your own agenda and barging people out of the way to get there. Selfish ambition doesn't care about others around, but drives at getting to where I want to be. It's very narcissistic, self-serving, self-adoring, self-promoting. Those behaviours and sins could appear to be wise. You might say, well, that, that doesn't sound very wise. It just sounds like, like this person just sounds like an absolute idiot. Well, you're right. It does sound like that. But it doesn't, you know, I'm in caricaturing this. I'm not showing how this could appear to be wise. So you have somebody who is very smooth-talking, flattering, manipulative, deceptive, and speaking words that coerce you into behavior which doesn't result in peace but in anxiety and, and worry. A classic biblical example of this. Think, think where in the Bible do we have a brilliant illustration of this happening? Genesis 3. I know that's where you've gone. Genesis 3. The evil one comes into the garden. He sees Adam and Eve and he goes up to the woman and he starts to entice her to do the very thing that God had said, don't do. He said, take the fruit and eat. Take it. It's good. God knows that when you eat of this fruit, you will become like him. So there's a deception that comes, but it sounds like wisdom. But what is it driving at? Selfish ambition, envy, having something that isn't mine, wanting something that hasn't been given to me, craving that. But Eve, of course, is deceived and Adam is deceived. They take the fruit, they eat the fruit. They have been thrown off from true wisdom. They've been led into folly on the basis of the lie of the evil one. So what does this mean for where we're at right now and what you might be dealing with today? Well, look, we've seen, haven't we, sadly, how at this time of lockdown and at this time of being away from family and friends, we are prone to craving some kind of comfort when we feel the sense of loss. Now that leaves you in a vulnerable place because when you're feeling discomforted and you're feeling in need, you can reach out and take the thing that you feels, believe is going to make you better in that moment. That might be that you turn to watching something that is going to give you a thrill in the moment. It might be that you start drinking too much or eating too much, comfort eating. And, you know, that, that type of behavior is sadly just very common at the moment. How many go, and what a wise decision that was. What a brilliant choice I made to get completely out of my face last night. You kind of wake up, like, oh, what was I doing? Why did I go there? Why did I watch that? 
Now, none of us are immune from those moments of temptation. However, James's brother, Jesus, was tempted in every way as you are and as I am, yet without sin. He sympathises with us. James saw that his brother, unlike him, had perfect self-control. Never made rash, stupid decisions. Was wise. What an example he is to us. So discern what is the source of the wisdom that you're listening to and receiving. When you make a decision on the basis of some kind of instruction, you need to ask the question, does this sound like its origins are from above or from below? This is how James puts it. The Apostle Paul says, set your mind on things that are above, not on earthly things. Colossians 3 verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Romans 12 verse 1. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Your mind is the first context and place where the battle starts against sin. The battle for the mind. When Satan was lying to Eve and to Adam, the first defeat came in the mind. The decision to believe the lie. So we must take captive those thoughts. We must recognise where is, where's the origin of this thought? Where's the origin of this idea? Where's it come from? And if it hasn't come from God, then it is at source demonic, which is how James puts it. It comes from Satan himself, from the, the prince of darkness. That's where it originates. Verse 17, he's wonderful. He says, but wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without pretense. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. James describes to us what peace is like. And I love that he uses this phrase, wisdom that is from above. So he tells us what wisdom is. He says, wisdom from above is like this. Now, how do we get hold of that wisdom? How do we access that wisdom today? Well, I want to take you to John 1, and I just want to read these wonderful verses to us. This is how John starts off his gospel. He says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He's talking about Jesus, and he describes Jesus as the Word, or as the Logos, you could say as the wisdom, the very logos, the very word, the very wisdom of God was there in the beginning and was with God, for he was God. And then in verse 14, it says this, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
the word, the logos, which is a Greek word, the wisdom of God took on flesh. Wisdom is personified in Jesus Christ. Wisdom is not just some words to be read, but a person to be observed. Wisdom came and took on flesh, had a mouth to speak, had arms to embrace. Jesus is the very personification, the very embodiment of wisdom. He, he takes the law. You think of Moses. Moses received the Torah, the word, the law of God. He received it. It was perfect, the perfect law that the Israelites were given God's guidance, God's instruction. They couldn't stick to it. They failed on every account, as did Moses himself. Jesus comes, and he's not just someone who, as it were, gave bread to people. He came to be the bread of life. He doesn't come just to give wisdom to you. He is wisdom. He is wisdom. He's better than Moses, who gave wisdom to the people. Jesus comes and is himself the very wisdom of God. So if we look at that verse again in chapter 3, verse 17, think about Jesus as I read this verse. In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take wisdom out. I'm going to put the name of Jesus into this verse. And you'll, you'll see how wonderfully James is really describing Jesus. But Jesus, from above, is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without pretense. If you think of the ministry of Jesus, he came pure, perfect, holy, spotless, and he is peace-loving. He brought peace wherever he went. Where there was chaos and order and anxiety, he says, don't worry about tomorrow. He came and brought peace. He was gentle. Children came to him and he embraced them. The sinners, the prostitutes, the tax collectors that were shunned by everyone else, they found in Jesus someone who affirmed them and loved them, wanted to be their friend, a friend of sinners, full of mercy and good fruits. He's unwavering and without pretense. What a wonderful person Jesus Christ is. The word made flesh, the Torah embodied, the perfect law embodied in Jesus. And he fulfilled every requirement of the law because he is pure revelation of God. So right now, today, you and I need wisdom. Every day we need wisdom. And every day to find it, I must turn to Jesus and look to him, to his example and to his guidance. And as we do that, he will cultivate peace 
in our hearts. Isn't that wonderful to know? Let's finish by praying. Father, I thank you for sending your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who is wisdom, who is the Word made flesh, and who is with us today by his Spirit. I pray today, Lord, let us trust in you, let us be led by you, for your Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We love you and we honour you. Amen. Well, thank you. I hope to see you guys soon. I'm sorry I'm not with you in person today, but so grateful that we have the Holy Spirit with us constantly and always. Amen.